Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk. Thank you for joining us for this half hour. Now, let's talk. Good morning and welcome to Let's Talk. I'm Tracy Morgan. Always nice to have you with us this time of day. All right, so this is our half hour that we get to talk to great professionals in and around the area. And, uh, of course, doing this over the phone today, it's our quality life day, if you will. And Tabitha Sparing is with us, and we're going to be talking about recruitment a little bit. We're going to talk about quality life itself and how it's locally owned and operated. And we have a couple of other points that we want to make sure that we share with you today. So we'll do that as we go along. Now, if you are listening over the radio, fabulous. Thank you so much for doing that. But if you would like to listen to us with all those digital devices, those mobile apps that you have out there, you can put those on your devices And then, of course, you have us on Alexa-powered devices as well. You can just uh, download um, the skill and then just simply say play WISR 680, and that's all you need to do. All right, so Tabitha is with me on the phone. Tabitha, welcome, and thanks for joining me today. Hi, Tracy. Thanks for having me today. This is going to be a fun day. Yeah, it is. So let's start. I mean, there's so many avenues I want to talk to you about. So let's just start in one place about the business itself. Uh, Quality Life is unique in in the respect that it's locally owned. Can you talk about that for us and why that makes it so special? Um, Quality Life Services has been around the organization as a whole for almost 50 years. Um, It was started by the Tack family, actually on the family farm in 1973, and has since grown from one nursing home to 10 nursing homes, a pharmacy. Um, We also have a home health and hospice organization that joined us within the last couple years. So we started out as just a nursing home on the family farm and have now grown to an organization that employs over 1,300 people. It's also really nice because the Um, The generation that owns the company now, it's the third generation, and they're very actively involved in the everyday operations of the organization as a whole. They visit the buildings. They make sure to be involved with any decisions that need to be made. They're very hands-on rather than other um, healthcare organizations that their owners can be very hands-off. And how does that um, apply when you're talking about the residents that you have, when you're talking about the hands-on approach and, and it being locally owned? Does it make a difference when you're talking about your residents? Absolutely does. And, and I'll use this as an example. During this pandemic, the government has given us the opportunity to use what we're referring to as a fast track to a CNA program. So rather than having to undergo the entirety of the training to become a certified nurse aide, there's the capability to take an eight-hour online course that then will allow you to do a um, competency exam that would allow you to start working on the floor in the capacity of uh, CNA. Each one of our owners actually took that course, got through the competencies, and if necessary, are ready to go work on the floor at any one of our buildings at any point if they need them to be an extra set of hands. And what does that mean to be a CNA? So let's say somebody's hearing you right now, and and we may have heard those letters thrown around, but we really don't know what they are because they're not our field. So um, what, what does it mean? What's the responsibility of a CNA? Honestly, CNAs are the backbone of the organization. Um, They're the ones who provide most of the hands-on care to the residents. They're the ones who will help the residents get up in the morning, get dressed. They're the ones who will help them get 
to activities or get showers if they need assistance with it. They're also the ones who typically are sitting down with a resident who struggles to eat, whether it's because they um, are losing motor control or whether they just struggle to keep the attention span to eat and they're used to eating with other people. The CNAs are the ones who will sit down with those residents and help them to eat, keep them engaged. They really are the hands-on caregivers. Not to take anything away from RNs and LPNs who also have crucial roles, but the CNAs provide that direct hands-on care to those residents in the building. Now, you mentioned that during COVID, there's a fast track to the CNA program. Does that have any relationship to the responsibility once someone becomes a CNA? Are they dealing with, um, I say COVID patients, but I'm not sure if you have COVID patients right now or not, or if they stay in the building or not. Or does a CNA um, individual just take care of patients, doesn't, I should say residents, regardless of, of where they are in the building? Um. It really depends on the building itself. So we have had most of our buildings now, I take that back, I think all of our buildings now have been or are dealing with the COVID outbreak. Um, We were very fortunate that it only started at our company in September. We were not one of the early ones. So we didn't um, deal with as much of the uncertainty. But we, um, during our outbreaks, the CNAs kind of go wherever they're needed. It's one of those, if they are positive also, but they are healthy enough that they can work, a lot of times those CNAs are the ones who will go into what's labeled the red zone for residents who are positive um, and assist those residents. Um, just, Just because you're not positive doesn't mean you'll work in there, but we ensure that if you're working in a red zone, you are completely covered with PPE. You have the and 95 masks, you've got the face shield on, the gowns and the gloves, fully prepared, fully protected from COVID working in that red zone. Um, so as a CNA, you could work with or without COVID positive patients. It really just depends on where the building's at at that point. Let me just ask you about your PPE, and then, of course, we'll go somewhere else. But are, are you in need of PPE? Is there anything that you need from the community at this point? We are fortunate enough that we um, have been able to stock up. Um, Being that our outbreaks didn't happen until much later in this, we were able to stock up and save all the PPE that we had ordered. So we're okay right now. Um, We're fortunate, too, that our corporate office has um, a stockpile that if something would happen at one of our buildings that they run out before they're able to get another supply order in, we can easily take something from the corporate office and have it delivered to one of the buildings within, you know, four hours if necessary. And I promise I will go in a different direction, but let me ask you <laughs> one more question about the CNA program before I leave that. Um, does, if you're going to become a nurse, do you have to become a CNA before you become a nurse? And I ask that is because what kind of stepping stone could that be uh, being in, in a position of being a CNA if we've never been that before? You do not have to be a CNA to be a nurse. Um, if you're going to be a nurse, if you're going to nursing school and you're looking for hands-on experience in the healthcare industry, a CNA is a great place to start um, for a couple reasons. Number one, it gets you on the floor. It gets you interacting with the residents. And number two, once you become that nurse, a lot of times you're going to be overseeing CNAs. You're going to be working with them, giving them assignments, helping them out. And if you can look at them and say, I worked as a CNA for 
however many years while I was getting my nursing license, there's going to be a better relationship right off the get-go because they know you've been in the trenches, per se. You've been working right in the same area that they have, working with the patients in the way you have. Um, it also is just a great way to start building relationships and get your foot in the door with an organization, whether it's ours or a different organization. If you start out as a CNA and you're going to school, we um, at our organization have opportunities for tuition reimbursement. We have a student loan repayment assistance program that if you have to take out loans, we will help match some of the payments for that. Um, and you're also pretty much guaranteed a job that if you start out as a CNA, you get your nursing license and you want to work in that same building, we'll find a position for you just because you've been such a loyal employee and, and you've helped out while you were going to school. Well, Tabitha, and Tabitha Sparing is with us with Quality Life Services and, and talking about a couple of aspects about quality life. And and with that last statement, I want to move into that the thought process where Quality Life has so many different departments that let's say I would get a job tomorrow with Quality Life and then I find a different department may be better suited for me. Can Talk about how, how you have the opportunity for advancement, for transitions into different departments and the options that you have. We're fortunate that we're considered a mid-sized company. So we're not so big that our employees feel like they're just a number. Um, but we also have a ton of different opportunities in various departments and various um, healthcare. Like uh, we consider ourselves a healthcare continuum. So we have opportunities in a skilled nursing facility that involve anything from licensed staff, RNs, LPNs, CNAs, to also dietary, housekeeping, laundry, maintenance, activities. If you don't like doing that hands-on nursing care, you still can create those relationships and have a really stable job with a company that's been around for a long time in, a, in an industry that's not going anywhere. We also have um, personal care, assisted living, which is a little bit different than skilled nursing as the residents don't need quite as much care. They're more looking for assistance with making sure their medications are taking on time. Or they're the residents who are starting to have a little bit of memory impairment, but they don't need a dementia care unit, but they don't always remember to eat. So you're there to help remember or to help give them that um, prompting to eat or to make sure that the meals are made for them. Then we have a home health and a hospice organization that will go either to people's homes in the home health side or the hospice, which could be at their homes or it could be at a skilled nurse nursing facility, ours or any one of the others in the Commonwealth in the areas we service. And then lastly, we have our own pharmacy. So if you want to get into a different side of healthcare, you want to become a pharmacist or a pharmacy technician or even a pharmacy driver, we have opportunities there that will allow people to use their skills and their gifts in a variety of ways. I want to go back to your home health and hospice, if you don't mind, because uh, we've talked a lot about the terminology on this program uh, with home health, but I think it's one of those things that we get confused with with other aspects of the, of the healthcare field. So can you explain what home health is? And then I'm going to just give you my follow-up question for home health with Quality Life. Is that strictly for your residents, or can anyone outside of Quality Life order or ask for your help for home, uh, for home health? So the company that we own, it, that the name is actually Family Home Health. They've been in operation for almost as long as Quality Life Services, um, and they came under our umbrella, I believe it's about three years ago. So I'm kind of 
all blurs together anymore. Um, but home health services are great for somebody who typically is um, has been, say, um, released from a skilled nursing facility, but they need a little bit of extra assistance for a couple weeks making sure that they're strong enough to be able to get in and out, get in and out of the shower or making sure that um, there are certain medications that they need to take. So that home health nurse will go in and be able to help them just as that extra set of hands, that extra set of eyes to make sure they're getting the care that they need. It could also be for somebody who's had surgery and needs to undergo rehabilitation, but it's not that they need it at a skilled nursing facility. They can have it done at home. So there are therapists, speech therapists, occupational therapists, physical therapists who will visit them at their home to give them those pharma- or those physical therapy services. Um, you do not have to be a resident of one of our locations to use family home health. Anybody, as long as they are covered in the area um, within, I believe it's a 14-county radius, anybody who's within that radius is able to use family home health. Do we need a doctor's script for that? Yes. That's something you would need to um, work with your physician to be able to give give the home health company a better understanding of what you need. They would come in and they would do an assessment. They would be able, once they have that script or that communication with your doctor, they'd be able to give you a better idea of the services they can provide, how long they think your recovery would take, and all of the opportunities that are available, not just to the residents, but to their families too. A lot of times these residents or these patients, I guess, will have families that are um, hoping to be able to take on some of those care aspects. So the home health also would work with those families to ensure that the families are able to help provide the services that are needed to that resident so that when the home health is done, they're still getting the care they need and the family feels like they've been equipped to um, do their best. And I'm going to assume that anyone outside of Quality Life can also use your hospice services as well. Absolutely. And our our hospice company, I've gotten to know some of the nurses very well working with them. And our hospice company is full of some of the most caring, compassionate people I've ever met. Um, I've learned over the years a lot about hospice. Um, I've always thought it's for those folks who are, you know, at the very end of life and it's only for just a short amount of time. And what I'm learning is hospice services can actually be beneficial for people, you know, much longer than a week or two. There are people that could benefit from the services for six, seven, even um, eight months before they pass. The goal is to make the person comfortable and be able to function and enjoy what they want to for the rest of their life, not just to um, help them pass. So it's been a very large learning curve for me. Even though I've worked in healthcare for almost 12 years, the hospice aspect is so different than what I'm used to. It's been quite eye-opening to learn more about it. And I think it's always warranted for us to remind people that you do have the power of choice when it comes to those kinds of services because uh, a lot of times we've talked about on this uh, show that uh, you might be, I don't want to single out anyone here in, in the county, but maybe you're with a particular health care provider and they recommend maybe somebody you could choose. Well, you have the power of choice, so you can choose quality life if, you, if you'd like. Absolutely. Choice is something that 
residents and their families are always given. They may not know that, like you said. They may not realize that they have that option. But just because your healthcare provider says, I think you should use this organization, doesn't mean you have to. They're giving you that um, that recommendation based on perhaps the dealings that they've had with that organization, based on um, what potentially other patients have dealt with. But you don't have to go with their recommendation. You have the ability to choose whomever you want. Again, it's quality life services. And Tabitha, I know we still have a, a good, you know, five, six minutes left with you, but let's get your contact information now. We'll do this again before we leave. So my phone number, you can reach me at 724-431-0770. That's our direct line to our corporate office. Or if you don't want to talk to me and you just want to learn more about our company, you can go to qualitylifeservices.com. That's information about all of our services, all of our locations. And at the top of the page, there's a careers tab that if you're interested in learning more about opportunities that are available, you can click on that and it'll give you information about our benefits, the career opportunities, and any other questions you may have. But if we do get on the phone with you, you are always a pleasant person, Tabitha. So <laughs> it's always a good thing to, to give you a call to and, and do that. Hey, let me ask you something that is is supposedly coming up and and. This is one of those areas where I always ask, you know, do you have anything that you're working on? And yet the life that we're living right now just seems to throw everything into chaos. So you may be planning this and and the dates may change on this, but you're planning on having a a convalescent plasma blood drive. Can you talk about uh, first when, and again, I put that question mark on with, with dates possibly changing, and then just how you all came up with the thought of this idea? So we're looking to do that across multiple of our locations um, toward the end of January, beginning of February. A couple reasons for that. We have had outbreaks at a lot of our buildings, and one of the things that we're hearing that is a really positive treatment for anybody who's in the hospital is convalescent plasma. It's basically the antibodies that somebody has from having COVID that then are used to supplement treatments to be able to give to a patient in the hospital who's suffering from COVID. Um, I learned that one person who donates is able to help three people in the hospital. And talking to Vitalant, the the blood drive organization, they cannot keep um, convalescent plasma on their shelves. As quickly as people are donating it, it is going to those in need in the hospitals, which just goes to show how many people are in the hospitals right now with COVID. We thought of it, actually, um, our building in Mercer had an outbreak in July, and many of their staff and many of their residents were positive for COVID. And afterwards, they talked to Vitalant and thought about a convalescent plasma blood drive so that their staff would have the opportunity to give back to the community in some way. And now that most of our company has been dealing with this and we've had a lot of staff members who've tested positive, we thought it's a great way to be able to help residents in the nursing homes, potentially ours, potentially other residents, help people from the community, but also give the community an opportunity to give back. As we know, COVID is really widespread across the entire country right now, and particularly in our state and our counties right now. And so if we can give people who tested positive the ability to say, it was really horrible when I had it, but I can now give back and help somebody else be able to heal faster, sign me up, let me do it. We are also coupling that with a whole blood drive. 
because once again, blood products themselves are really important right now. They cannot keep them stocked. Is, With those, I'm sorry, Tab, but I didn't mean to interrupt you. I was just going to ask: Is there a special process for this kind of blood drive? Because we're talking about it being associated with COVID. Um, honestly, no. There's the convalescent plasma drug, blood draw is a little bit different than the whole blood draw. It the machine actually takes the blood out, removes the plasma, and puts the blood right back in your system. It's it's a really interesting system. The donation takes about an hour and a half, so it's much longer than a traditional blood drive. It's longer than, you know, the typical 20 minutes to a half hour if you're just donating whole blood. But from what I understand, it doesn't leave you quite as drained because you're not losing all that blood. They're just removing some of that plasma from you. Um, We're doing the whole blood part of it as well because they are testing every person who has, who donates blood they're testing them for COVID antibodies. So whether you had it or you don't know, you're going to have an answer once you donate blood. They'll be able to give you that answer whether you have the antibodies in your system or not. Now, are you uh, taking advanced appointments? And I, I, again, ask that with a question mark at the end, because if the date should change, how do we know when we can come and be a part of this? Yes, we will be. Um, We're still finalizing some of the dates. One of the reasons is you have to be 28 days symptom-free after having COVID. So we moved it to January, February to make sure that all of our buildings that want to participate, their staff are at that or past that 28 days. Um, We're working with Vitalant to make sure that the days that we want to have the blood drives, they have the machines available. So we're still finalizing some of those dates. We're hoping to have those done and finalized by the end of the week. At that point, we'll have a ton of marketing materials. It will be on our website. It will also be on our Facebook page, Quality Life Services. If you search for us on Facebook, you'll find us there. And all of that information will be there. You can also go to Vitalant's website themselves, and they'll be able to direct you to blood drives in your area. It doesn't have to be through us. Um, blood products are in short supply right now, and thankfully, it doesn't sound like there's too much going on aside from COVID. People are trying to be very cautious, but we all know that once spring and summer does come back, um, that people are going to be out and about more, and that's just the potential for more um, accidents and people to need those products. And I think I'll ask you if it's okay that we call and ask our questions if we have them, because what I think is is sometimes confusing is when you're trying to get the days down, like you said, 28 days symptom free. But if you've taken a test, then you wonder, okay, is that the day for my test? Or is that the day for my first symptom? Or when was my last symptom? You know, I mean, calculating all of that can get confusing. Absolutely. And I'd be willing to work through that with anybody who has questions about when that date would be. Um, I know Vitalant also is willing to work through that with people. So there are many of us who would be willing to help out. Um, And if anybody wants to give me a call, and if I don't know the answer, I can find the answer. Tabitha Sparing with Quality Life Services, Recruitment and Retention Manager. And we do have a couple minutes left, Tabitha. So I just wanted to ask you as we uh, wind down here today, just kind of your final thoughts, but anything else that you want to make sure that that, uh, we want to touch on today in regards to Quality Life? Um, I would say this is an organization that I am incredibly proud to be associated with. Uh, Full disclosure, this is the only job I've had since I graduated college. Um, I started as the front desk receptionist 
and have slowly worked my way through different facets of the organization and landed in recruiting and, and more so in the HR side of things. And it's an organization that I love to um, tell people about because the owners are involved in every facet of the organization. They want to know what's going on. They want to be involved. They want to be able to help the residents and, and the staff members. Um, the benefits that we have are excellent. We have a 401k that the company still matches, and that's not heard of very much anymore right now. We have a lot of opportunities as far as um, where do you want to go with your career? You know, I never saw myself working in healthcare. I always wanted to be in communications of some sort or public relations. And here I am 12 years later in a healthcare role. And so I feel like whether you know your path or whether you just are looking for a starting point, we're a great organization to help you get your feet on the ground, help you get kind of an idea of where you want to go and be able to use the gifts that you have. And again, just as a reminder, folks, there is that fast track to the CNA program with Quality Life right now while this pandemic is going on. And Tabitha, if you could remind us, how do we get started with that program if we want to take that program? You can absolutely reach out to me um, via phone at 724-431-0770, and I will get you in contact with the HR director at whatever location is closest to you. Or you can go to our website, qualitylifeservices.com, um, click on careers in the, in the taskbar at the top, and it'll take you to our careers page where you can find the fast track information or the CNA training information, and we can get you in the door and get you information that way. Tabitha Sparing with Quality Life Services, Recruitment and Retention Manager. Tabitha, thank you so much for your time today. There's so many other things that we could talk about, but I know we're out of time for the day. But uh, we'll be looking for that information about the blood drive come January, February, whenever that date is finalized. And we appreciate what you're doing. So, you know, let me ask you one final question. How is and, and I say this because I've asked so many organizations this, because you're all people, you're all human beings trying to go through what we're all going through at the same time and being in the healthcare field. How are you all doing right now? We're doing okay. I think today is better than it was a couple weeks ago. Um, we had uh, six buildings that were dealing with outbreaks at one time, and it is exhausting for the staff and the residents, not just physically exhausting, but very mentally exhausting too. And we're finally on the other side of that. So now our buildings are able to kind of rebuild and, and, and um, feel like their, their heads are above water. It's been really interesting to see from the building's perspective how close the teams have become dealing with COVID. You know, I always try to find that silver lining, and this has been a very difficult year for everybody. But one of the things that I have found is those teams, those leadership teams and those, those frontline staff teams that go through a COVID outbreak tend to come out closer and stronger than they were before they dealt with it all hands on deck, they pitch in, they get to know each other better, and they, they make a stronger team, which then gives better care to the residents and, and um, provides that building with more opportunities. So it's been hard, but it's been beneficial for some of our staff, too. Tabitha, thank you so much for your time. Tabitha, sparing Quality Life Services. Thanks, Tracy.
All right. Hey, and folks, thank you very much for joining us today. And if you would like to listen to this program in its entirety, you can do that once again on our website. We invite you to visit us at WISR680.com and you pick programs, drop that down to Let's Talk, and then look for Quality Life Services. I'm Tracy Morgan with Let's Talk. The information and opinions shared on this program are solely those of our guests and do not necessarily represent those of WISR, the Butler County Radio Network, or its staff and employees.